Welcome to the official unofficial podcast dedicated to Eastern Washington athletics. This is the Eagles Power Hour, an affiliate member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. Introducing your hosts, standing at a staggering 5 foot 10 inches tall. He's not a myth. He's not a legend. He's just that idiot who thinks it's a great idea to paint his chest in 10 degree weather for an Eastern Washington football game. Now, based out of Houston, Texas, Kyler Neal. The other host is a local firefighter. He saves kittens by day. Talks EWU sports by night. He is six foot two without heels and has a vertical of 32 inches. Based out of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Yours and my favorite Eagles Power Hour host, Rusty Kramer. Without further ado, here it is the greatest podcast in the big sky, the red turf repping Eagles Power Hour. Welcome, Eagles Nation. Uh, how are you guys doing today? I am. Not doing too bad either, so thanks for asking. You know, it is a little bit late putting out this podcast, but we're going to continue to do it this week. I'm not even going to lie. I wasn't that busy. I just completely forgot to, to record an episode in the beginning of the week. And, you know, it's Friday, and um, I'm going, all right, I'm going to get ready for work here in a little bit. But you know what I haven't done? I haven't recorded the Eagles Power Hour yet. So I apologize, guys. That is 100% my fault. Um, again, I can't even blame it on me being busy for work. Yesterday was somewhat busy. Other than that, I haven't had a busy week at all. This was just horrible, horrible, forgetful Kyler, um, this week. You know, last week, we, we can forget about it. <laughs> we will cover the MSU game, um, but there's a couple different things we get to talk about in this episode. So, you know, when we're just going over what we're going to discuss, we do have some breaking news out of the Eastern Washington football team. So we are going to discuss that. We got basketball season now. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. I love college basketball. You know, my, my favorite sports in order, you know, I, I love college football, then college basketball, then NFL, then MMA. Like those are the only sports I truly care about that like I'll sit down and watch all the time. Um, doesn't matter if I have people like my teams that are playing or not, I'll still watch any game, any MMA match. Like it doesn't matter. <clears throat> and then I'll, I'll watch like every now and then, you know, formula one, my buddy's more into it than me, but I still think it's pretty cool. Um, but those are like it other than that, you know, I'll go to games, I'll go to MLB games, I'll go to NHL games, I'll go to MLS games, anything like that. I love to go on the app, you know, go and enjoy the atmosphere, but I'm not sitting down my couch watching those, but guess what? My days are completely booked now because we got college basketball. We got college football. We got NFL. We got MMA. Like my wife hates me during these seasons where everything's a little bit overlapping. She's like, I hate you. You don't see me. You don't spend time with me. You'd rather just go to Bucky's, get a brisket sandwich and then watch all these sports. And I go, you're right. It is what it is. You knew this about me when we got married, you know, through thick and thin, through sickness and health. This is my sickness. Uh, so, so yeah, guys, we, we got a fun little episode to talk about. But before we go into some of the fun things, we have some breaking news. Okay. Um, this is pretty weird timing, but the offensive coordinator, who's been having a hell of a season, I mean, overall, Eastern Washington's number one still in offense, number one still in scoring. 
Um, but Ian Shoemaker, the OC for uh, Eastern Washington since the 2000, I think it was 18 season, maybe it was 17. Um, having a total blank right there. He is no longer with us. <clears throat> he um, resigned as of, what was it, Tuesday? So uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. So it's Friday right now. He's, he's no longer with the program. Um, there's rumors flying around everywhere. I don't want to talk about any type of rumors because I don't know. I've heard some things on why he's leaving. I don't think it's a performance issue. Um, but some people are alluding maybe maybe a little bit performance driven. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's a locker room issue. I'm not sure if anything bad happened. Um, I'm just not positive. But this is a weird timing, you know, two games before the end of the season. We have another really tough game in UC Davis coming up, which we will discuss. So this is one of those things where you're like, ah, Eastern Washington really wanted to win out in order to potentially get a seed. Now this happens. Maybe creates a little bit of hostile um, or hostility in the locker room. I have no clue, but I think we're in good hands. You know, we still have Aaron Best, who is an offensive coordinator for what was it, ten years almost, uh, with Eastern Washington from 2008 to when Bo Baldwin came in to pretty much till he got his head coaching job. You know, he was splitting reps between O-line coach and offensive coordinator. He's been calling plays. Um, we also have, you know, a couple other coaches that are going to step up and probably call plays. But, yeah, it is what it is. You know, we've lost – Eastern Washington seems to lose OCs every every season, every few seasons. You know, this was outside of Aaron Best for that long stretch. Um, we typically lose DCs and OCs all the time. <clears throat> you know, this is – Aaron Best has been the head coach uh, since 2017. So that's 17, 18, 19, 20. And now 21, five seasons. I believe this is the third OC um, that we've actually had under his, under his, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of, well, one was a little bit of a, he didn't really coach too too long. So I'm, I'm trying to think to make sure this is correct when I'm talking. Because again, I don't do any research before I come in here. I just start rambling. I have no clue what I'm going to talk about. But I'm pretty sure we had one of the OCs, and I forgot who it was. Um, he only really was a coach for like a few months in the um, off season, and then he he left before even the season started. So maybe this is like I'll say two and a half, two and a half OCs under best. Uh, maybe, maybe it is three. Um, so yeah, it is interesting. But Eastern Washington's offense never seems to truly struggle or takes a big dive anytime there's a new offensive coordinator. Seems like we just already have the wheels in motion we already have the athletes and hopefully there's not a big drop off but it is a little bit interesting just because of the timing because of who we're playing next um but yeah let's let's talk a little bit about basketball before we get into more football talk uh there normally we do a basketball preview episode okay and i apologize we did not do that and it wasn't because we didn't want to it was mainly because i had no clue what to talk about for this actual basketball um, team. You know, if you guys aren't familiar with Eastern Washington's basketball program, Shante, Shante left. He went to Portland, okay? The Groves brothers, they went to Oklahoma. Um, Who do you have? You had a couple people go follow Portland. Then you had a dude go to Arizona. Like, 
<laughs> like all of our starters left, all of our coaching staff left um, pretty much from this last season to this season. We have a lot of transfers that have come in, um, plus some, some you know, LSU stayed. But overall, like I had no clue what to expect from this team. I have no clue to what to expect from um, <clears throat> from David either, you know, Coach Riley. So it, it is interesting to to see this game live, right? Um, overall, I, I think there's a lot of positives. Okay, so if you guys aren't familiar, basketball season just kind of snuck up on us. But we had our first game, Eastern Washington. We played Nevada. Now, Nevada's not a slouch of a team. In the segregate, I believe they're a top 60 program. So, I mean, in the NCAA tournament, there's 64 teams. Even they are – they're basically a bubble team right now if there was no type of conference champions or anything like that. And I think Nevada is a really good program. The Eastern Washington, we lost 91 to 76. Um, so we lost by 15 points. And again, Nevada is a very good program. I think we saw some promise, though, with Eastern Washington um, that I kind of want to get into a little bit. So for one, let me get the game cast on here and the box scores and all this jazz. Uh, my computer is being a little bit slow, but okay. So when I'm reading off some of these names, you're going to be like, what? Who are these? So we have Price, and I am sorry. I'm going to butcher this next name. Um, Khaleesi? I, I don't know. I'm going to butcher that name until I until I figure it out. But he's, he's a new forward. Um, let's see here. We have Allegri. We have Vedders. Um, yeah, let's see. Linton Achilles. I am so butchering that. I'm sorry, buddy. If you are listening, I will figure out your name a little bit better. Um, but we got some, we got some new people and I'm trying to really learn to learn it, but we got Venture still. We got, um, Ralph still. We got, uh, Magnuson still. Overall, I think here's a couple things that I really like. Um, we look bigger. Now, we don't have a thick guy like, um, you know, Groves. We, we, the, the, the mass isn't there, but the size is. We look super long. Um, when I was watching us play, we looked very similar to, like, Southern Utah the last couple of years where they got a lot of tall dudes. They're really long. They're athletic. They're fast. Overall, that's what I see out of this team. We're really, we're really tall. We're really long. We're athletic. We're really fast. We still have the shooters. Uh, the, the game style hasn't changed, really. We're still trying to, you know, keep tempo up drastically high. We're trying to out-tempo everyone. Um, but there's, I think there's just some, there's just some things that we need to work on. And mainly it's, I think we still need to just play together more. I mean, we had five players scoring double digits, right? That's pretty cool to see. Um, so there wasn't anyone who was really dominating or, um, you know, taking every play and just saying, I need to put this team on my back. This is a very well-coached team, and it is a team. That's kind of the cool thing. It is an actual team. Um, everyone's getting a share of the ball. Um, overall, we shot 29 for 66, so we're hovering around, you know, 44%. I would like to see that go up, but that's still not horrible. Um, Three-pointers, you know, we went 9 for 26, so about 35-ish percent. Um, again, for a first game, not horrible. Let's get some of the jitters out. Um, but hopefully we can improve on some of that because I, I see the talent when they're shooting. 
some of the some of the shot selections though um you know made me squint a little bit i'm like oh man just slow it down a little bit you know spread the ball around uh maybe you can shoot you know maybe take a little more open shots or not such a fast-paced offense to where it's it's like within a second already shooting um without even maybe seeing who else is open but i think this is all just gonna come together when they're playing together more right again this is a very new team of course we have some players in there like rouse like magnuson like vendors but it's it's still a new team completely um new coach new team and overall i really like what i saw again um there wasn't really much foul trouble which was kind of a bummer you know, we went seven through seven for ten the free throw line. Um, I'd like to see that us get there a little bit more. We didn't create a lot of second opportunity chances for us to shoot. You know, we only had nine offensive rebounds. Now, Nevada's big, they're athletic. Um, so that's sometimes what you will see. But overall, we need to get more opportunities to shoot for those second um second shots, especially if some of the shots we're taking are very quick and maybe we're not set up as as well as we wanted to. So I would like, you know, maybe utilize some of our size down low a little bit. And maybe the reason why we also only have nine rebounds offensively is be because of the shot selection and how fast we're shooting um, instead of spreading out the court a little bit more. Again, I'm not a coach by any means. Coach Riley knows way more than me, and he's going to look at this and go, oh, Kyler has no clue what he's talking about. But I would just like us to see us, you know, um, because there was – I forgot what moment in the game – but I think us in Nevada went back and forth with each other for like each 10 shots and no one was hitting everything. And it was, it was pretty sloppy, but it was also at the same time, you see Eastern Washington being super fast and aggressive, you know, Nevada for, for, uh, it was seemed like a good few minutes could not even pass the, pass the, <laughs> um, pass inbounds. Like anytime they were trying to make a pass, uh, or our guys were there just squatting it and then they'd have to go back and try and, you know, pass it again from out of bounds. But, they were having a hard time finding anyone open because of how fast and aggressive Eastern Washington was. And that was something cool to see. Um, you can tell our, our dudes wanted it. You can tell they, like they were pumped up. Um, I just think there was a little bit of jitters in the first round and maybe like too much excitement because they were so amped. Maybe there was just a little bit too much amp. Uh, maybe they need to slow it down a little bit more um, because they were having a hard time keeping on the ball or, you know, holding on to the ball for a little bit. But um defensive defensive rebounds 28 solid um i like that assist 21 assists again when i was saying this is a team like a real team and not just one player trying to dominate this is a, a team outing 21 assists again five people scoring double digits that is awesome but this is the big kicker man the 14 turnovers yeah that, that was when i was saying i think we may have been a little bit too excited too amped like all these guys, they want to play football or not football. They want to play basketball first game of the season. And you're playing Nevada, the Wolfpack. Like Nevada is a program. This is not some, you know, slouch like an evergreen state or, you know, some of these warm-up games that a lot of schools are playing. Eastern Washington, we always play up, right? Of course, we'll have a couple games. I, You know, I haven't looked at the full schedule. We'll probably have like Milton Oma on there, maybe Whitworth or something like that. But like for, for most of the out-of-conference schedule, like, we're, we're playing up. We always seem to play up. Uh, we always have a very tough schedule. So, you know, Eastern Washington was getting pretty excited coming into Nevada because Nevada is a storied program. They're not a slouch. They recruit well. They have a great basketball program. 
And yeah, it was, it was such a fun game to watch. Um, again, we lost by 15. I don't know what the spread was. This is kind of what I assumed. Actually, I think we did better than I assumed. Um, I'm just being honest because I had no clue what to expect. Um, I think I texted to a couple people before the game. I was like, oh, man, you know, I, I really don't know what to expect with this team, but I think we're going to get killed. Overall, we didn't get killed. We were pretty competitive throughout the game. You know, they, they would go on their little bit of their runs. I would make it a little bit less attainable. Um, but I think if we clean up some of those turnovers and maybe slow down tempo a little bit, not a lot, because the tempo is what makes us super successful. We're getting teams tired. Um, they don't know who to guard because we're so fast. We're rushing down the court. Uh, I like the tempo. I just, you know, sometimes I wish we would slow down for the shot selection a little bit more. But overall, like, I think we have some shooters. I think people can hit the three. I think people can hit the two. Um, you know, free throws have always been something that Eastern Washington struggled with the last few seasons. So we'll see. But I think we got shooters. I think um, I think we're going to do a pretty good job across the board. I liked what I saw. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. Let's go. You know, the player of the game, Linton. So let's see. What did he have? 19 points, 12 rebounds, one assist. Um, overall, fantastic game. I would say that's our player of the game right now. He's uh, a forward. He's 6'6", 235. He's got a little bit of thickness to him, a little bit of size. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I really like the team so far. Um, and the defensive side of the ball, I think we were doing pretty well. Like I said, we're super aggressive. Um, they really had to figure out a way to – to, to get the ball to their dudes because anytime they were passing, it seemed like we had an Eastern Washington defender right in their face trying to trying to steal the ball. Like it was it was pretty impressive. A lot of times we didn't hold on to it, but we would you know smack it out of bounds, whatever. Um, the fouls pretty clean overall, eighteen to twelve. We weren't overly aggressive when it came to the fouling. Maybe we should have been a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean they just kind of beat us on the rebounds a little bit. Um, they were a little more physical than us, definitely, When especially on the inside. That's where, like, maybe we don't have the, the big size where we can body someone. Because, you know, this seven blocks to one, that was that was a big difference maker for this game. Um, when you have a big body guy, again, we have size. We have length. We don't have size, if that makes sense. Um, at least that's what it looked like on paper. And, again, maybe that's just against Nevada because Nevada is such – you know, they get they get their dudes. They get some good, solid recruits. But it looked like against Nevada, we just didn't have the size, the thickness, if you will, um, to really body someone in the key. <clears throat> but, hey, overall, man, I'm I'm really excited to see this team play. Um, they got a lot of spunk. They got a lot of a lot of personality, it seems like, you know, and they're super amped for this season. So now we're going to UC Davis. Um, UC Davis which is kind of crazy. We're playing UC Davis in both sports. So this will be really fun to see. So let's see here. UC Davis. I'm going to look up kind of what they've done. It's so hard to get a real gauge and try and preview teams when it's only been one game. So bear with me. I'm not going to do a very good job previewing any basketball until we see it majority of the time. Cause you know, there's some things that are pretty unbalanced. The UC Davis, okay, they had a very good first game. They played Utah State. You know, that's another Mountain West team like we did. Um, I don't think Utah State is as good as Nevada, but they beat Utah State. So UC Davis, they look pretty good. 
Um, I believe, you know, if you guys are all aware and you're hearing me talk about Big Sky, UC Davis isn't in the Big Sky for basketball. Um, I believe they're in the Big West or whatever it's called over there. So that's why they just probably need to go to the WAC in general, even though I like UC Davis as a, as a football program in the Big Sky. I think they got a lot of promise. But if you're not a, across the board in all Olympic sports and football, just leave. Big Sky has too many teams. Yeah, UC Davis, man, they looked pretty good against um, Utah State. At least that's what it looked like. I, again, I did not watch the game, so it's going to be a little bit of time. But they got a dude from CELA, Washington, guys. Um, so I'm just going to talk about this because CELA, if you got that's Eastern Washington Territory, right? You know, it's, it's right near Central Washington, near Yakima, if you will. The CELA, Washington, how did this guy go to UC Davis and not Eastern Washington? But he seems like he's a dude. Um, he's there, you know, sophomore, um, 6'4", 200 pounds. He's a, he's a shooting guard there, a point guard. Um, just says guard, but, you know, he had 16 points, two rebounds, five assists. Looks like he's spreading the ball pretty well. Um, he's not shooting tremendous, but he's a three-year starter, it looks like. So he's got a lot of promise. Um, and I just thought it was kind of cool seeing a guy from Cela, Washington at UC Davis. That's the only reason why I brought him up. But yeah, they you know they won against Utah State, seventy-two to sixty-nine. Um, it looks like they were out physicaling them. You know, they have this Caleb Fowler guy, nine rebounds against Utah State. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I think this is going to be a tough game. I don't know what the spread is for this. Let me see if they already posted that. See, so UC Davis is a seven-point favorite. Okay, so if you guys are betting. Um, that's what it is. UC Davis is a seven-point favorite. I might be betting on this game. Um, yeah, I might be betting on this game. But let's see here. The over-under. Okay. 149. So if you guys aren't familiar with over-unders, right, that's the total amount of points scored. So 149, I think that's a safe bet. I might go the over, especially with looking how UC Davis played against Utah State, and then seeing how fast-paced Eastern Washington is, yeah, I might go the over. So I, I'm going to bet on this game, guys. I'll let you know if it paid out or not. But I think Eastern's going to cover, and I like the over. So that's what I'm betting on today. This game is at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. For So you guys listening um, over on the West Coast, you know, this is a 2 p.m. game. I hope you guys can watch it. Um, you're probably going to listen to this podcast right before the game starts, or some of you. But, yeah, man, it's it's going to be a fun game. I like what we've seen so far. We just got to clean up a couple things. But, overall, you got to be really excited. We got football. We got basketball. You got to root for these E's, man. It's, it's going to be a fun season overall for both. <sighs> now we got to talk about the pity for the kitty, right? This Montana State game. Here is the deal. Um There was, there was parts of this game we looked really solid. Other parts, not good at all. Um, you know, Montana State, they're 8-1 and one overall. They've only lost a very close game to Wyoming, which they actually should have won. Wyoming needed a, a last drive just to win. So Montana State has really dominated their FCS competition. <clears throat> um, it was 23-20, to 20, right? That was the end score. The score is not as close as how the game went. Um, it, Montana State dominated us. It is what it is. 
I mean, you can say it's a it's a close score. We had a chance to win. We totally did. But this was not our best showing at all. Um, <clears throat> we could not stop Afonze. Like I, like I said on the preview podcast, he's going to be a dude. We can't stop him. They were able to slow down the clock. Um, they had the time of possession 36 to 23, right? We didn't get the ball as much as we wanted. And then when we did, we didn't capitalize a lot. Um, our rushing game was non-existent, which was kind of a bummer because when you watch the game, there were so many open lanes where like <clears throat> Eric Berry probably should have ran it more um, instead of just waiting and passing downfield. There are some big open lanes to where if he just took off a little bit, 10, 15, maybe even 20 yards, all of that helps when you're trying to get down the field. Montana State, their punter did a fantastic job. I think they put us five times like near the 10. So, I mean, the whole game, we had the whole field where Montana State didn't really have the whole field besides a couple drives, but they were they were able to move the ball whenever. Um, our defense, they did a really good job, you know, forcing Montana to make mistakes. Um, they, I mean, there was like some red zone plays. Montana State, we, we got some pressure on McKay. He was trying to make some plays happen. He just couldn't make it happen in the end zone. So, I mean, really the game probably should have been like a – Montana State probably should have had a minimum of six more points um, if they just kicked the ball instead of going for it on fourth and goal. Um, but our, our goal line defense held up pretty well. Our red zone defense was pretty good. Just the rest of it, you know, they were able to drive. They were able to slow down the clock. They were able to do whatever we wanted. What's crazy is Eric Berry didn't have a bad game. When you're looking at everything across the board, this this type of a stat is what you wish every quarterback would have throughout the season. Like if this was an average, you're like, that's a solid quarterback. You know, he went 21 for 31, so 66% passing. That's solid. 214 yards, solid. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. That's a dream. For us, that's bad. I mean, it is what it is. Um we couldn't we couldn't get the ball open or and you know there's there's wide receivers who just couldn't get open Lemu Jones it was nice to see him back of course he's that dude six receptions 94 yards one touchdown he's he had a game um Dennis Merritt he got another touchdown in I think that's 17 on the season or something ridiculous like that but overall like we could not run the ball um Montana State's defensive line was too dominant now there's a, a couple things I do want to talk about because for one the the referee, man, I got to say, let the boys play. I'm going to talk about a couple bad calls. Now, I don't think these calls altered the game by any means because Montana State dominated so so much. Um, but, like, bad refereeing across the board. For one, there was – I forgot if it was Lance from MSU or one of their other wide receivers. Dude, he caught a first down. Um, all he did – he did this and then pointed to a first down, and he got a penalty. He was taunting or whatever. Like, that is so stupid, and it was such a good play. So they went back like 15 yards um, because it was like a 30-yard play, and then it was a taunting 15-yard penalty. Dude, that was so stupid. He pointed at the first down. You know, I'm one of those guys. I'm going to call it as I see it, and if something benefits Eastern, cool. It benefited us, but it was so stupid. Um, that was not a taunting and it's just making the game so soft. Let, let kids have fun. But then there was a couple other plays like Eastern Washington. We had a safety 
because of a holding where the holding did not happen in the end zone. It was on the about the one to two yard line. That's where the hold happened. So that shouldn't have been a um, safety if, from what I'm aware of. Maybe I'm wrong on this and maybe someone will correct me, but it should have been half the distance to basically the goal, um, which would put us on the one yard line or half yard line. And maybe that safety doesn't come out. And then we got, a, a, I think it was an Andrew Boston touchdown taken away because they, it was, they said like there was some massive push off. Both people were, you know, kind of playing the hands game. There wasn't anything that alluded to like us just having this dominant offensive pass interference. If anything, you could see MSU's defender kind of clipping our legs and that's how we fell. At least that's what I saw. Um, so, you know, that's nine points that was potentially taken off Eastern's board as well. Um, so maybe it's a, let's give Montana state a touchdown and a field goal just because of that, or even just two field goals. So that's six points. Guess what? Maybe at best it's, it's an overtime game where Montana state wins anyway, just because I think Montana state dominated across the board. Um, so again, I don't think penalties call out for any type, these type of penalties. I don't think it changes the actual game. The biggest concern, and maybe this has to do a little bit with the, you know, Ian Shoemaker news that we had in the beginning. Two minutes left. We're down three, right? We are still in this game. Uh, we're have in the last drive, we marched down the field and scored. The play calling on this very first drive or the end of the drive was very weird. It was third and third and four. The running game hasn't been there all day. And Eric Berry was throwing 66%. He was doing fine. We, we, you know, push it out to the outside and we try and run on a third and four on like our own 10, 10 yard line or something like that. Like we had still 90 yards to go. Interesting call. Of course, MSU shut it down. So now it's fourth and two, something like that. Eric Berry has had open windows. I think he could have easily, you know, ran for a first down and we punt it. We just automatically go for defeat which was kind of annoying because, again, I'm not saying we, we drive down the field and win because the MSU's defense was solid. But you didn't even give Eastern Washington's offense an opportunity to try and make something happen, okay? Um, you are just completely trusting that MSU is going to get the ball at the 50, and we're going to be able to slow them down enough um, so they have to punt again, and then we're back still at the five-yard line trying to drive another 90 yards. It's two minutes left of the game. This is do or die. This is between if you want a four seed or potentially not a seed or potentially not playoffs. Like, if we lose UC Davis and Portland State, probably out of the playoffs, guys. Um, and Portland State just got a win over Weaver. UC Davis, they've only lost one game all year, and they have an FBS win. It's not the, not the toughest – or it's not the easiest stretch of next two games especially they're both on the road. Like it's not the easiest stretch of the next two games. And um, you're on a two game losing streak. This is something you're already down by three. Might as well go for it. And guess what? If, if you fail and don't get the first down, Montana state's going to score anyway. Maybe you can at least hold them to a field goal because the, the field is so limited. And then, you know, it's a six point game. And then maybe you still have another time, another few minutes or a minute and a half to score or, you know, maybe they score a touchdown. Then it's at least the fate is sealed. But we didn't even give our offense, the number one offense in the country, an opportunity when the last drive we marched down the field and scored. It was very interesting. 
I did not like that call. Sometimes you got to be aggressive and not play safe. This was not a time of the game to play safe. Two minutes left. You had Afonze from Montana State, 32 carries, 217 yards. He was he was absolutely blowing through our D-line. It, it kind of sucked having Sendelbach gone. You know, maybe he would have been able to create some stops or create some momentum on the defensive side of the board. But overall, man, you you can't play that safe. Maybe maybe that's what happened um, with the OC. I'm not sure. But it was – you could tell. This was one of the first times I've seen Eric Berry piss on the sidelines. Um, normally, if things are going right or things are going wrong, he's still smiling. He's still like this chipper dude. He's still really excited. He's like, yeah, it is what it is. You know, we'll come back. Um, when the punt team came out, you, you could see he was pissed. The offense was pissed. Give these dudes an opportunity. Um, it was a close battle. The defense was playing pretty well, like, you know, keeping Montana State out of the end zone. Um, they were giffing up yards, but Afonso's a dude. He's a beast. Um, Lance McCutcheon, let's give a little bit of shout-out to this dude from Montana State. Five catches, 150 yards, and one touchdown, and one of them, this, this run was impressive. Um, McKay kind of threw it a little bit under. The lands had to reach over our defender who was in a perfect spot. Like most, most wide receivers don't catch this ball, right? He had to reach over our actual defender, brought it in. Then kind of like, I forgot if it was a stiff arm or something, but he just threw a dude down and then ran it in the end zone for like a 60 bomb, 50 yard bomb, 70 yard bomb. I don't know. It was something crazy, but that dude was a dude. So it was, it was, you know, I'll give shout outs to teams who deserve it. Um, Overall, not our best performance, but we were still in the game with not our best performance. Like I said, we needed to play a perfect game. We didn't play a perfect game. Montana State also did not play a perfect game, right? They fumbled. Um, we won the turnover battle. They threw an interception. They they were trying to lose this game, and they still couldn't. I mean, that's, that's what it kind of felt like. Um, my hats off to Montana State. They kind of control their own destiny. If they went out, they're the two seed, and maybe we get an opportunity to play them again. But there's not much more to cover about this game. Montana State just looked like the better team overall. Um, they they really did. It is what it is. Hopefully, we learn and improve from this. Um, I liked how there wasn't a lot of penalties. Like, you know, five penalties, 42 yards. I'll take that any day of the week. That's a clean game for us. The rushing game was non-existent, you know, 33 rushing attempts for three yards of carry. We really should have passed him more when Eric Berry is throwing 66%. I mean, sometimes the pass, it definitely opens up the field. But Eric Berry, he probably could have ran it more. He probably could have put the ball in a little bit more in his hands. And, again, maybe that's an offensive play calling that we're not too happy with. But it was interesting to see. Is a different type of game. But, yeah, it is what it is. Now we are 7-2. and two. Like I said, if we went out, there's still a chance for us to get a top 8 seed because of our strength of schedule, because we're 1-1 one one versus the top 10. The UC Davis isn't a slouch. Portland State, they're kind of looking like their own, too. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But let's talk a little bit about UC Davis, because this is the game that's happening this Saturday. And it's going to be a night game, so 5 p.m. your guys' time. So hopefully everyone gets to watch it. UC Davis has such a weird schedule that's that's happened. So they beat Tulsa. And Tulsa was an 
American um, Conference champion last year or something like that. Then they go and play, you know, San Diego. Non-scholarship team out of the Pioneer League. They win 53 to 7. You're like, okay, that's kind of what you're supposed to do if you're a really good team and you're playing in Pioneer non-scholarship league. And then they play Dixie State, brand new FCS team, who is playing probably the hardest schedule in the FCS. They they won 60 to 27. You're like, okay. And then they play Weber. Now Weber was without Baron and they won 17 to 14. It was a just a pure defensive showdown. And then you're like, okay. And then they played Idaho really close. Idaho 27 to 20. And that was still when we didn't know what to expect from Idaho. We're like, all right, it's going to be a little interesting. And then they lost to Idaho State. So they're 5-0 and until this Idaho State game. And they lose 27-17. to And you're just scratching your head because Idaho State is bad. Okay. Then they play Northern Colorado the next week after that, 32-3. to Okay. It seems like they're back. Then they play Cal Poly, who's real bad. 24 to 13. They struggled versus Cal Poly. They struggled versus Idaho State. And then um, they just, you know, beat up on NAU 40 to 24. Again, that's what the good team should do. So they have some head scratcher games where you're like, Idaho's really bad. You know, we lit them on fire. They only won by seven. Idaho State, really bad. They lost by 10. Northern Colorado, really bad. They did what they were supposed to do. Cal Poly, really bad. They won by 11. I don't know what to expect from this UC Davis team. I really don't. All I know is ever since Dan Hawkins has kind of taken over UC Davis, he's turned it into a very, very good football team, very good program. They continue to build every single year. And this might be one of their best years. But overall, Eastern Washington, at least since they've joined the big sky, and I think this is overall, it's 7-0. We've never lost to UC Davis. Um, our average points scored is about 42. Um, we've had a really close game in the playoffs, and that was, you know, in 2018 when we had a comeback in the last 40 seconds after we just absolutely dominated them earlier in the season when we won like 59 to 20. It was a very close game, but we've absolutely beat UC Davis. Um, you know, seven and zero speaks volumes. But let's kind of go to this game. Um, let's preview it a little bit because they UC Davis. This is going to be the third time, the third time this season, Eastern Washington is playing a top ten scoring team or scoring defense. So that means we are playing the uh, number. I think they're number nine or number ten in the nation in holding point, holding their opponents to fewer points. We played Montana State. They're number two in the nation, just like a point behind North Dakota State, right? And we scored the most that anyone's ever scored on Montana State. Okay, we faced Montana. They are number five or something like that, scoring defense in the nation. We put up more points against Montana than anyone else. Now we're playing UC Davis, who has held teams to below I think it's like 18 points or something like that. Like this is the third top scoring defensive team in the nation. They are really good. They're really good across both sides of the ball. Um, offensively, they started off really hot and then they've kind of swindled down a little bit. Hunter Rodriguez seems to be the dude, but he has he did not play the last two games. Um, but he's their quarterback for UC Davis so far in the season. 
you know, 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. Um, Yolanzo Gilliam Jr., he is kind of that all-American back that they've had for a long time. He's had 175 carries, 738 yards, only five touchdowns. Um, their wide receiver, you know, they have Harrell. He's probably their best weapon, 515 yards, four touchdowns. Offensively, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, sometimes Eastern Washington's defense has struggled versus not the best passing game or not the best rushing teams. UC Davis has a very good running back. So we'll see if we can slow him down. Now, here's what kind of separates us. So we've lost the last two games, right? We played Weaver State and Montana State. Now, here's the difference between UC Davis and them. Montana State was a number three passing defense in the nation, okay? Weaver State, when we played them, was a number three passing team in the in the nation, passing defensive team, not passing offense. But those two teams, their bread and butter was stopping the pass, which, you know, forces you to run a little bit more, and they're still really dominant at stopping the run. UC Davis is kind of the opposite. They're number 60 or something in passing defense, so it creates a little bit of opportunity for us, and maybe we can – find some things out, especially since they haven't had the toughest schedule. They haven't played any real good passing team. Um, and Idaho State was able to be a little successful against them. But they haven't played a good passing team at all. So it, it will be interesting to see what we can do. But again, they are a top 10 team in having opponents not score. So, so that's always a kicker. There's not one other team in the top 10 for stats rankings that have played three top 10 pass or uh, three top 10 scoring defensive teams. We're getting the gauntlet. We're one and one versus them. Hopefully we can make this two and oh or two and one. But UC Davis is a really good team and it'll be interesting to see how our play calling changes. Um, is Best going to kind of take it over? Not sure. Are we going to be able to do something against them? Not sure. I think Eric Berry needs to really capitalize and take over. Um, again, I don't know if he was limited by the coaching staff. I don't know what was going on, but Eric Berry didn't even get an opportunity to throw that much compared to our running. You know, 33 rushes to 31 passing, that is super balanced. But when 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 one is not successful at all, you, you got to put it to your playmaker. The good thing is we have, again, the star in the FCS right? It is what it is. The most electric player in the FCS right now. We have that dude. We have a very versatile back. He can do anything. We have a very good wide receiving core. They can do anything. I like this matchup better than the other two. I, I kind of told you I was a little bit nervous um, before the Weber State game and the Montana State. Now, in the preseason episode, I predicted us to go 9-2. and two. I predicted us to beat Weber, but lose to Montana State and UC Davis back-to-back, -back, okay? I'm hoping we, since we already lost those two games, that we're just going to win out. So, I have gotten only one of my preseason predictions wrong so far, and I've gotten two of the live episodes predictions wrong so far. So, um... I'm 7-2 overall, just like the record of Eastern Washington. And I'm going to predict us to win. But I am 
I'm nervous just because of the locker room issues right now. I don't know what's going on. Maybe this is going to solidify us. Maybe this is going to make us one solid unit even more. I have no clue. But our backs are at the ropes now. UC Davis can still afford to lose one game. They're pretty much already in, like, locked to go to the postseason because also they didn't have a D2 game like Eastern Washington had when Jacksonville State quit on us. So they already have a D2 game. All right, they already have another FCS win on top of us, even though it's San Diego, and they're probably not beating the top tier of the D2 anyway. But, um, yeah, UC Davis is already locked in the playoffs. If they went out there a seed, and they potentially get a pretty high seed, that Idaho State loss looks real bad, but they have a chance to prove it against Eastern Washington this week, Sac State next week. Two top 10 teams, or Sac State's right on the outside. I think they're number 12, um, or Eastern Washington. We have UC Davis and we have Portland State. Portland State has Sac State in Eastern Washington. You know, there's kind of a trifecta of teams right here that we just need to, we just need to win out, man. Um, I don't want to give it to the committee's hands. We've lost that battle a couple times. In 2017, we probably should have been a playoff team over especially NAU. But we didn't. We, we weren't a playoff team. But we should have been in over um, New Hampshire and NAU. But it is what it is. So I hope we don't leave this in the committee's hands. If we win today, we're in. 100% in. Um, that would be get us, you know, worst case scenario, 7-3 and three versus the FCS, but hopefully 8-2. and two. Um, Yeah, we went out. We went out. We're 100% in. We win against UC Davis. That puts a knock on a top 10 team for us. That's two top 10 wins. No one else besides maybe a North Dakota State is going to have that resume or Montana State. Montana State probably will. Other than that, no one else will. So that still puts us in contention for a seed. we got to take care of business, man. UC Davis, they're a really tough defensive team. we we got to put it in our playmakers' hands. Say, all right, this is a game. This is all on you. Um, I think the defense is going to play well. I don't think UC Davis is going to be able to you know, run up a big scoreboard against us. So I think my score prediction, I'm going to go. Thirty one. No, not thirty one. Thirty three. I think we're going to go thirty three. Twenty four. Uh, we're going to have a nine point win. Thirty three. Twenty four. That is my score prediction. Guys, we're playing UC Davis in basketball and football this weekend. Let's get two dubs. Let's get it. Thank you guys for listening, supporting, whatever you guys do. Um, you guys can drop a like, follow, anything like that. Uh, we'll get we'll give some shout outs too every now and then. Thank you guys for listening and enjoying. Maybe you hate this, maybe you didn't enjoy it, <laughs> but at least thank you guys for listening. Uh, now I gotta go, you know, edit this real quick and then go to work. But heart y'all, go Eags. Let's get let's get two dubs. Boom.